Coming up on We Talk News this week, it's tax season, and the IRS has its eyes on cannabis businesses. An exclusive report with MJ Biz Daily's John Schroyer. Michigan and Illinois set monthly sales records, and a dispensary in Massachusetts challenges the legality of the host agreement. All that and more from six states on We Talk News next. We are pro cannabis media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to We Talk News. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Every week, we share dozens of stories related to the cannabis industry from our location in Massachusetts to California and beyond. While federal legalization or decriminalization efforts are going on in Washington, D.C., cannabis reform has been pushed way down on the list of priorities by the Biden administration. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer still has reform legislation on his to-do list. But the story out of our nation's capital this week concerns the IRS and some great reporting by our friends at MJ Biz Daily. That organization got its hands on 200 pages of public documents through the Freedom of Information Act and found that the IRS has been unfairly targeting cannabis businesses. Joining us now in We Talk News is John Schroyer. He was one of the intrepid reporters who requested this document from the IRS that led to this well, an expose or a report. John, thank you so much for joining us here today. Happy to be here. Tell us, does the IRS target cannabis businesses? Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, they've been specifically targeting the cannabis industry for uh, a little over a decade now, at least, um, uh, dating back to at least 2010. And uh, they're, they're at least two um, what are called compliance initiative projects that are, that are still ongoing today. Uh, in the city of Detroit and um, at least in Colorado, uh, but it could be uh, expanded through the Western area, as the IRS calls it. So, um, yeah, they, they, they definitely do. It's in their financial interest, essentially. Now, of course, they have trainings that go on for these IRS agents who are looking for discrepancies or in these cannabis businesses. And I noticed in the article that they haven't really updated their presentation or their training since all these states have become legalized. You would think that there might be a little bit of a difference in approach, but uh, that wasn't true, was it? Well, it, it, it actually might be. Um, the, we, we don't really know for certain on that point because um, that, that, that's kind of one of the problems with the Freedom of Information Act. Um, at the federal level is, you know, th there's no real way to ascertain from by journalists like myself, whether or not the IRS actually disclosed every document that is relevant. So, so they may have just decided to say, okay, here's a bunch of training materials that are several years old and we don't really care about anymore. They might very well have a lot of updated stuff that they just didn't disclose, honestly. But the stuff that I got, yeah, was um, the, the most recent was from 2017. Uh, so a little bit dated. Yeah, a few states have gone legal since 2017. And the other great piece of advice that I took out of this report was if you are a cannabis business and the IRS does want to talk with you, call a tax attorney, yeah. right? Yep. It's yeah. Call. Yeah. And and specifically, I ideally one with uh, a decent bit of experience in in the cannabis industry because um, 
there, there are plenty of attorneys and, and CPAs who are still very much learning the ins and outs of, of cannabis taxes, and it's far from simple. Well, I know one thing, the movement continues and nothing will stop it. So John Schroyer from MJ Biz Daily, on behalf of fellow journalists, thank you for your hard work. And speaking of fellow journalists, it's now time to go to Deborah Borchart with the Green Market Report. Deborah? Of course, we all know next week is the 420 holiday. What you may not know is how much the sales are expected to grow. Akerna's predictive data says that on Friday, April 16th, the Flash Report anticipates 50% growth in daily sales, coming in at $85 million. By the time Tuesday rolls around, those numbers are expected to hit $95 million nationally, bringing a total 420-related sales figure to $370 million. AFRIA reported that its revenue dropped versus the last quarter and delivered a whopping net loss of $361 million. Now, their revenue did increase 6.4% over last year to $153 million. But the company said that the duration and impact of lockdowns across many regions in Canada were greater than they had initially anticipated. Organogram Holdings also reported that its revenue fell 29% to $19.2 million. The company said that its net revenue was lower due to uh, certain missed sales opportunities. They said a lot of employees tested positive for COVID, which resulted in a significant number of facility staff having to isolate. And finally, the Scott's Miracle Go company recently announced it now expects to report sales growth in the band of 4 to 6%. It had previously forecast sales being flat to down 5%. The Hawthorne segment is expected to grow 20 to 30%. That's the big news this week. I'm Deborah Borchart from the Green Market Report for We Talk News. Locally here in Massachusetts, one of the biggest issues during the launch of the adult use market has been the challenge of the host community agreement that licensee applicants have to obtain before they even apply for that license to sell or grow cannabis. Now, a dispensary owner in Haverhill, Carolyn Pino of STEM, is suing that city over those community impact fees. She is hoping that they can actually challenge it and set a precedent that could overturn the existing law and taxation. Northampton, a progressive town in western Massachusetts, has dropped the controversial 3% impact fee collected from cannabis revenues in their town, explaining that the cannabis businesses are no different than any other business in that town. Now, let's check in with Tara Masu to see what's going on in New Jersey. Tara? I'm Tara Masu from Blazin Bakery, and this is the New Jersey Report for Weed Talk News. The New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission met for the first time this week. The CRC or the board will set the rules and regulations for the New Jersey cannabis industry. With this meeting, the commission will now take over all medical regulation from the Department of Health, as well as start developing the rules for our future adult use program. In their first 45-minute meeting, the CRC identified four core issues of focus, promoting public awareness around new cannabis laws and public health-driven recommendations establishing safeguards to promote the creation of safe, tested cannabis products, protecting patient access to those products, and the CRC's commitment to assuring social equity within the industry. Additionally, they broke down how the various departments in the commission will be structured and said they will need a few weeks to staff up those departments. 
CRC Chair Diana Hainu called it an incredible moment in New Jersey history and once again assured residents the commission will prioritize protecting patient access. Fellow Commissioner Maria Del Cid Coso also emphasized the CRC's prioritization of marginalized communities, women, minority, and veteran voices having representation throughout the process. In other news, this Tuesday, the New Jersey Supreme Court unanimously ruled that a construction company must pay the monthly medical cannabis bill of injured employee Vincent Hager. Hager's injury involved a truck dumping cement on him that resulted in a herniated disc causing him back and leg pain. The court determined that unlike private health insurers and government aid programs were not required to cover medical cannabis, private employers are not exempt, upholding the appellate court ruling from last year. I'm Tyra Masu for Blazin Bakery, and this has been the New Jersey Report for Weed Talk News. Michigan is quickly becoming a vibrant new player in the legal cannabis space, and they set another sales record in March, and Rick Thompson has our Michigan Report. Rick? Hello, everyone. This is Rick Thompson from MICBD with this week's Michigan Report for Weed Talk News. Michigan is a dynamic environment for cannabis advocates and entrepreneurs. While the debate rages on over controversial issues, including the legality of Delta-8 products and if regulated cannabis distribution centers can sell clones, the industry is expanding. More delivery services are opening up, a new financial institution is offering services, and in-person events are being planned once again. The Great Lakes State is ready to roll. And we have record cannabis sales in Michigan, too. March was the best month on record for cannabis sales, with a whopping $115 million sold in just 31 days. Perhaps more impressive, there were 1.4 million transactions recorded in that month, also a record. Will April be able to keep pace, or will it blow the doors off March? I think April will set a new record, considering we have the 420 holiday, Stores everywhere are doing discounts and offering freebies to their guests, and the industry is trending upward. The warm weather's hitting and the economy is slowly opening back up. Keep practicing COVID protocols, everyone. Let's grow our industry in a safe way. And that's it for the Michigan Report. I'm Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham signed her state's adult use of cannabis law this week, and now the focus turns to Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Minnesota as perhaps the next states to consider legalization and sale of cannabis. Vermont is legal, but that state is in a battle for control of their regulatory board. Profits seem to be more important in the Green Mountain State than patients. Here's our green nurse from Vermont, Jessie Lynn Dolan. Jessie Lynn? Thanks, Jimmy. I'm Jessie Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Vermont is cranking up its cannabis regulation structure. The newly appointed Vermont Cannabis Control Board is taking over the medical marijuana program from the Department of Public Safety. A 12-member advisory board will guide the Cannabis Control Board throughout that process. Unfortunately, the makeup of these boards is that none have any medical background at all. The medical cannabis community in this state is worried that the board's lack of knowledge means that going in, they will have no understanding of the needs from the medicinal cannabis community, how it works, or the plant itself for that matter. Right now, there is no designated seat reserved for a medical cannabis professional or even a patient. Patient advocates are starting to speak out about this issue. 
up to now, the Marijuana for Symptom Relief Oversight Committee has been the only governing body tasked with looking out for the interests and welfare of the state's medical cannabis patients. But there are no plans for this committee to continue into 2022. Jim Romanoff, chair of the committee, spoke to Vermont Public Radio earlier this week, saying that as the new rules are developed, the medical program needs to be preserved, adding there's a lot of patients out there who are depending on it, so don't leave it behind. Now, there is a lobbying effort in the State House driven by the Vermont Cannabis Trade Association to add a 13th seat to that Cannabis Advisory Board by adding an amendment to the existing bill. That trade association works with three of the for-profit medical dispensaries in the state. If the amendment passes, it will literally put profits over patients. In the 17 years of Vermont's medical cannabis program, that group has never successfully advocated for or implemented any of the many needed changes to the medical cannabis program. Don't you think that if the bill passes and creates a 13th seat, it should be reserved for someone who has some medical background or is familiar with medicinal cannabis. This bill also is moving up the date of the transferring of control from the Public Safety Department to the Control Board from May of 2022 to July of this year. Now there is a possibility that the new adult use program will absorb the medical program's fund rather than offering it to patients. Vermont cannabis patients already lost $300,000 this way in 2017. It's essential these amendments are removed from the bill before it passes. Advocates have launched a virtual campaign asking Vermonters to contact their legislators to help amend this bill. To take action and make some noise, and please do, visit vermontcannabisnerd.com or nursegrown.com for blog titled Action Alert, Advocating for Vermont's MMJ Patients. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. A federally funded research study by the National Institute of Justice concluded that biofluids like blood, saliva, and urine were not reliable indicators of cannabis intoxication. They went on to report that standardized field sobriety tests were also not effective in detecting cannabis impairment. With more from the nation's capital, here's Vote Pro Podcast, Phil Adams with the DC Report. Phil? Hi, this is Phil Adams with Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Talk News DC Report. Steve Fox, one of the key figures and staunchest advocates in the cannabis legal reform movement, died this week. The cause of death has not been disclosed. Fox was managing partner at Denver-based VS Strategies and a strategic advisor to the Cannabis Trade Federation. Fox is perhaps best known as the lead drafter of Colorado's first-in-the-nation adult-use legalization bill, which passed in 2012. In recent years, Fox served at numerous organizations, including the D.C.-based National Cannabis Industry Association and the Marijuana Policy Project, also based in D.C. Fox was residing in Bethesda, Maryland at the time of his death. He was 53. Our deepest condolences to Steve's family and loved ones. Once again, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says a cannabis legalization bill will be introduced, quote, soon. At a press conference earlier this week, Schumer did not offer a timetable for introducing the legislation. He stated only that he and Senate colleagues are drafting the measure and that it will go to the Senate floor when it's completed. 
Schumer has been working with Senators Ron Wyden of Oregon and Cory Booker of New Jersey to craft the legislation. Last month, Schumer told ABC News that a legalization bill would be coming to the floor, quote, shortly. Former Republican House Speaker John Boehner says he's open to trying cannabis. Asked in a CBS News interview this week whether he had ever used marijuana, Boehner said, quote, no, I'm not a cannabis user, but then added, quote, I'm not ruling it out, though. In 2018, Boehner, along with Massachusetts, former Massachusetts Governor William Weld, joined the advisory board at Acreage Holdings, one of the nation's largest legal cannabis corporations. In 2019, Boehner was the subject of controversy for his keynote address at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. Social justice group Equity First Alliance protested Boehner's appearance as emblematic of the white male dominated cannabis industry. Last year, Fox News host Tucker Carlson chided Boehner for being a marijuana lobbyist who is, quote, taking a paycheck for getting your kids to smoke more weed. That's the DC report for this week. This is Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. Don't you just love Las Vegas, Nevada? No wonder they call it America's favorite adult playground. Now that weed is legalized there, the big question is, where can you enjoy it? There are two laws being debated that could change that and allow social consumption lounges and perhaps social rooms attached to dispensaries. Because right now, you can't smoke it in public. You can't smoke it in your hotel. So you really have an issue about where you might consume that cannabis in Las Vegas. Now, stay tuned, believe it or not, because you might be able to actually buy it in Nevada. You may actually have a place where you can consume it legally in due time. Now it's time for the Illinois Report with Margot Vasili. Margot? I'm Margot Vasili from Margawana with this week's Weed Talk News Report from Illinois. Illinois continues to set cannabis sale records. In January and February, the average was about $86.5 million in sales per month. And in March, we've reached over $100 million in sales. That's beating alcohol, which is only about at $72 million. The state might just get to a billion dollars in sales before the end of the year. The next big thing in cannabis looks like it's going to be infused beverages. Market experts believe that we'll reach about $2.8 billion in sales by 2025. Sure enough, Cura Leaf is introducing its infused beverage within its 10 dispensaries in Illinois, Select Squeeze. It has five milligrams of THC, and many do prefer this over alcohol. Two lawsuits are moving forward next week to provide full disclosures of the Illinois Cannabis Dispensary application scoring. The entire rollout of sales dispensary licenses, including craft grows, infusion, and delivery, have been halted since last year, and many have filed suits against the state. Now only two are moving forward to provide the reveal of the inner workings of cannabis application scoring. This is this week's Cannabis Report from Illinois. I'm Margo Vaselli with this week's We Talk News Report. That pretty much wraps up our domestic state. So it's time to go north of the border to Canada for our international report. Here's MJ Biz Daily's international reporter, Solomon Israel, with the Canadian Cannabis Report. Solomon? I'm Solomon Israel from Marijuana Business Daily International, and this is the Weed Talk News Canadian Cannabis Report. Shareholders of Canadian cannabis producer Afria have approved the merger between Afria and competitor Tilray, 
but Tilray has delayed its shareholders vote on the merger. That vote was scheduled for April 16th, but has now been delayed for two weeks. Meanwhile, Afria posted a net loss of 361 million Canadian dollars for its third quarter. Afria's net cannabis revenue fell 24% from the previous quarter. And fellow Canadian producer Organigram also posted declining net revenue for its second quarter, citing falling wholesale revenue and a lower average selling price. Organigram said it had to shut down its production facility in Moncton, New Brunswick during the quarter after some employees tested positive for COVID-19, which led to, quote, missed sales opportunities. You can read all those stories and more at mjbizdaily.com. I'm Solomon Israel for Marijuana Business Daily. And finally, delivery of food, booze, and weed is already a part of the new pandemic social distancing initiatives. And there are a variety of licensees and companies that actually do that. Now, CEO of the ride-sharing company Uber said on CNBC this week that once cannabis becomes legal at the federal level, his company will take a look at getting into the delivery game. So Uber Eats becomes Uber Buzz another big company trying to muscle out the little guy in the cannabis universe. That's Weed Talk News for this week. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media. Remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. PCM TV is supported by Salient Systems, a world leader in video management security, and by Revolutionary Clinics, a medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. Hi, I'm Ben Shower, New England rep for Salient Video Management Systems. Let me tell you what makes us different in the security space. We're your trusted advisors for all your security needs. I know how complicated the regulations are in cannabis, and working with Salient Systems will be the polar opposite of that. I give free consultations and we'll walk you through every step of the process so that you can get what you need at the price you can afford. We're robust, we're simple and scalable. We're Salient Systems, your solutions to all your security needs. Please contact me at the information below and I'm looking forward to being your trusted advisor. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Pro Cannabis Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Canna Media, on Instagram at Pro Cannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at Pro Cannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on Pro Cannabis Media, Twitter at Pro Canna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash Pro Cannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.